2: be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wing.
0: Now our is jumped over the scores table, our is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub, he can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me
3: who
1: can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head.
4: Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast, it's Thursday, February 27th, Nick Whalen, Joined, us always, on Thursdays by Alex Barutha. Alex, we have a lot to get to. Um, we'll start with the Philadelphia 76ers, who, uh, despite being 13 games over 500, uh, this has not felt like a, a team that's had that level of success. That's won 61% of its games. Um, you know, It's been internal drama, guys in and out of the starting lineup, um, you know, just kind of issues abound, I guess, th- throughout the entire organization all season. And just when it seemed like they had kind of started to figure things out in terms of Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons playing well together. Uh, Simmons goes down just after the all-star break with a back injury. He's out indefinitely. Sounds like he's going to miss probably a minimum of two weeks. And then last night, uh, I don't know if you watched that game at all, but early on in the first quarter against the Cavs in a game that Philly ended up losing pretty handily, uh, Joel Embiid left the game. Uh, kind of reminded me of the Kelly Olynyk, kevin Love situation from from the playoffs and I think what would have been 2015 um, where he just got tangled up with Larry Nance and it it looked really innocuous at the time and you know I think with love in that situation that I was referencing like he immediately grabbed his shoulder and ran straight to the locker room like you knew something was up whereas Embiid was grabbing at the shoulder it was his off shoulder his left shoulder Um, he ended up shooting free throws and you could tell I mean he basically had to shoot him one-handed was not comfortable Um, but it, it seemed like he did all he could to kind of stay on the bench and make it look like he was attempting to return to the game and then you know at some point in the in the second quarter he was he was ruled out for the night but we don't have a diagnosis yet he's not going to play um in philly's next game which of course arrives tonight uh, against the knicks so what looked like maybe a a really easy back-to-back Cavs knicks all of a sudden gets a little bit tougher with with no simmons and no Embiid tonight
1: right and yeah this this definitely doesn't help the 76ers who had been like that, they had put Al Horford on the bench. He hadn't been playing that well, um, and they just hadn't been getting great production out of like Josh Richardson lately. He had kind of been struggling. They're just relying uh, a little too much, probably right now, on Shake Milton. Like we're seeing, uh, we're seeing their their depth. <laughs> what issues. an insane sentence! I know. Uh, well, that that's the thing, though. I mean, their their depth issues are really you know coming out right now because right. you know that was the thing with this team. Everybody acknowledges that they have one of the most talented starting fives in the league but as we've seen with the Warriors uh, in the past that usually comes at the cost of a great bench there's only so long that you can string certain guys along on rookie contracts and do the financials to have a great bench while also Mm -hmm. having this talented of a a starting five and um, I don't really expect that much out of them uh, while Embiid and, and Simmons are out I mean I think tonight they're, like, only six-point favorites at home against the Knicks. Um, and, yeah, it's— Yeah, I'm seeing six-and-a-half. and, a half and I, That's six a little a higher. I mean, based on how they played without Embiid last night,
4: and that's a tough situation, you know, going into a game, preparing like you'll have somebody and then losing him early. But, I mean, they wilted immediately after he left.
1: Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they just don't—I mean, their, their center situation, obviously they can play—they can play Horford there— But then it's kind of going to be a lot of like Kyle O'Quinn minutes or, you know, Norvel Pell, I think is, you know, technically available to a real person. Yes, a real person who is available tonight. Um, And then, yeah, it's just I don't know. I mean, if if neither of these guys are, you know, healthy by the time the playoffs come around, and I assume they'll both be healthy by the time the playoffs come around. But if they can't stay healthy Hmm. um, in the first round, I mean, they're going to end up playing someone who's actually good because they couldn't you know get right. a great seed so far if the playoffs started today um i think they'd be playing miami yep. um, that would be the four or five and they're i mean they're lucky that miami has has kind of struggled
4: at yeah. the same time i mean that that gap is only a half game right now and miami could easily have stretched that to two
1: or three games if they you know hadn't had the struggles of their own right yeah miami um i don't, I don't really know what's been happening to them i mean they've had some injuries um that you know I've, i think slowed them down a little bit but um yeah I, in general um I, I don't know that's a first round matchup that I'd be interested in seeing although I'm, I'm relatively high in the heat even though they've struggled lately mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah the sixers at this point, I would say have very
4: little chance to climb above the four and it's still important for home court reasons and you know the team that they're battling for that four seed most likely is Miami. Both of these teams are two of the the most dramatic home road splits in the NBA so you know both of these teams really really covet that four seed and you know Miami's the healthier team right now but you know they had an ugly loss at home against Minnesota last night um they lost the previous game without Jimmy Butler he missed a couple games with a personal issue and I mean just judging off of how that looked last night I would imagine Embiid is missing multiple games um I think you hope that you know, there's no torn ligaments, there's no dislocation, anything like that. But in in a situation like that, where his shoulder was clearly tugged on, you know, that rarely results in just a, a quick one game absence. And then he's back. So, and this is someone too that you know even throughout the year has been banged up. You know, I don't think he was 100 percent even going into last night's game. He still, you know, was kind of trying to figure out how to how to deal with that thumb injury that that had nagged him from before the All Star game. So, um, it just continues to get worse for Philly. And I, I think just as they kind of wanted to try this new alignment without Horford off the bench. Now they basically have to scrap that plan and, and didn't really get much of a sample to see how it worked.
1: No, not at all. And um, yeah, I mean the, I, I was trying to look at, you know, basketball reference has the, you know, five man lineup combinations. Their top 25 man lineup combinations. Every single one of them features either one of Joel Embiid or, or Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So we don't even really have much of a sample of what that looks like um, in a game context. And I saw, you know the three man lineup of Tobias Harris, Horford and and Richardson was like plus 4 per 100 possessions but that is almost always going to include either one yeah. of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid and um yeah I just I don't really know what the um you know what the identity of their team is without those guys because they run There's such a, a they run such an unorthodox offense because of those two guys right. and so uh, is Brett Brown going to have them play the exact same style mm-hmm. if that I don't even think that makes sense is he going to have like a Richardson Horford pick and pop for the entire game like right I, I don't know without those two guys this team
4: basically becomes you know pretty similar to a lot of the teams in like the bottom half you know like is this roster any better than the Orlando Magic roster or the you know this is probably closer to like a healthy Bulls roster or a Wizards roster and i mean they you already mentioned this earlier but they had major major depth concerns when both of those guys were healthy at the beginning of the year and in some ways like thank god they added Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson who you know aren't you know, aren't, aren't going to kind of change the course of your season but if they had just stood pat and just had James Ennis instead of those two I mean you're dealing with even more extreme depth issues. Like at least now you can you can kind of get by and hopefully win games like tonight against New York with, with Al Horford, with Tobias Harris, with Josh Richardson. But beyond that, your roster isn't any different from the bottom feeders in either conference.
1: Right. I think they would be in that Brooklyn Orlando tier because mm-hmm. they basically have one fringe all-star in Tobias Harris. Um Al Horford's been playing so bad he doesn't right. even fall in that category anymore. Richardson's fine, but he's not really a Well it's like you compare it, like look at the Knicks tonight. Like is Tobias Harris that much better than Julius Randle. yeah I he's mean a, he's a more effective player but it's not that big of a difference no and then the you know the Knicks also have Mitchell Robinson they right. have uh Alfred Payton who's played well lately um yeah I, I I mean I can understand why you know I I think the you know I looked at the spread initially I think it was I think it was actually eight points to start off I did DK live this morning and when they sent us the odds um at like 7 a.m. Central mm-hmm. Time, it was like eight or eight and a half, and then it got immediately bet down. So, which is interesting because I don't think there was much of a chance that Embiid played even before they announced it. You know, especially on a back to back. No, but so both you, teams are on back to back. But right. yeah, I I agree with you. It, it seemed weird that it was it was kind of that high anyway, right. and there had some been some trends that's you know suggested that the you know the the Knicks play have been covering against you know good teams, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But yeah, this will definitely be an interesting game uh, to watch. I'm sure. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'll be watching. To be honest, <laughs> I
4: don't think I'm going to be going out of my way no. to watch Knicks Sixers tonight. Um, but the slate is not great. I mean, I think we get uh, you, know, you get Portland, Indiana, which is actually a, a decent game, but no Dame Lillard. Um,
1: it's Sacramento, OKC, and the, then the past what? two ga- uh, days have been not great. Or I guess today and yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I tweeted out that uh there there were 13 games or are 13 games however you want to phrase it between uh, wednesday and thursday only one matchup between teams with records over 500 so that was boston utah yep which actually ended up being a pretty good game boston won it
4: by 11 but that was close throughout um which let, let's just talk about utah now they're they're on sure. my list of teams four straight losses mm-hmm. the defense has completely fallen off they've been a bottom five defense over the last five games uh, they've been a bottom 10 defense over their last 10 games. they're They're still kind of hanging around the top 15 on the season. But Rudy Gobert especially, just does not look like the same guy. I, I, there's been I, speculation might even be generous, but you know, I've seen a couple clips on Twitter of some defensive effort uh, lapses with him. like he just does not look nearly as engaged as he was early on. and and it's reflected in the numbers. I mean, last three games, last night he goes for nine points, nine rebounds. Game before that, thirteen points, eight rebounds. Game before that, twelve points, six rebounds. This is a guy that has seven games of at least nineteen rebounds on the year. He only has um, seven games on the entire year of fewer than ten rebounds, and two of those have come in the last three games. So, so something is up with Rudy Gobert. I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's I mean, in some ways this kind of reminds me of the Sixers in that they're the Jazz are so reliant on a unique Um, you know kind of defense first center in Gobert and a a unique offense first player in Mitchell and then beyond that they've really struggled to kind of fit the pieces around them and and even last night we saw them announce one lineup and then an hour later it sounded like the players had some input after that lineup was announced and we get a different lineup and and Mike Conley was was not good again last night it was it was kind of the Mitchell show early on Joe Ingles wasn't good in that game either Uh, and all of a sudden Utah you know another one of those teams that we discussed as being pretty top heavy early on and for the most part it's worked for them this season but suddenly they've kind of fallen into this slump where you know if if it's not a career night for donovan mitchell and if rudy gobert you know isn't operating at 100 effort at all times they've really really struggled
1: yeah i mean donovan mitchell's been great lately yeah he's been good i mean he's he's scored over a third of the team's points over the past three games i mean he's he's, just good i guess i donovan mitchell's a really good player but i i don't think he should be scoring a third of your team's points i don't think that's the key to winning games um and yeah, something's going on internally that I I don't know if it's I I don't know some of these some of these team situations have been um, you know we, we we saw kind of the same thing with Kyrie going to Brooklyn where there were these teams that had kind of built up this you know uh, I guess uh, you know playoff caliber teams like internally uh, through good coaching through good management through the players developing and then all of a sudden you right when you decide maybe we can't get over the hump, you bring in some talent from other teams. You bring in Mike Conley, you bring in Bogdanovich for the Nets. You brought in Kyrie for the 76ers. You brought in Al Horford. And then all of a sudden these teams that were just like internal chemistry teams that have been building, um, I don't know if it makes them feel like, oh, the front office doesn't believe in us or if the one guy coming in feels like an outsider and can't just like fit in. But a lot of these teams that have been in these situations are having issues this Mm -hmm. year. Um, and the Jazz are, are definitely no exception.
4: Yeah, they've lost 10 games this year by at least 10 points. Three of those have come in their last three games. Um, and, and I think this goes beyond the Conley issue. I mean, that, that's been an issue all year. I, I'm just so surprised, and I still am, that it turned out like that. Like The Kyrie thing, I think you could, even if you were the most optimistic Nets fan or Kyrie fan, you could at least kind of see this coming. Like Mike Conley is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you know, just in terms of right, yeah. not only the personality type, but just the style of play. He doesn't he's never commanded the ball. He's never been high usage as far as star players or point guards go. And it, it just seemed like such a, a lock that he would be a perfect fit for a team that needed a guy just like him. And I mean the fact that they're where they are and and that's been such a disaster, I guess, speaks to to how well this team, you know, has that kind of infrastructure, like you mentioned. But I mean, all of a sudden you look at the West standings and they're only a half game ahead of Dallas and they they really can't fall further than seventh. Um, But I I think, I mean, Utah was a team that was in second, not that long ago. And and all of a sudden now you're staring down a matchup with maybe Houston in the first round. And if this continues, like you maybe get the Clippers in the first round. And I think that's probably the matchup you want to avoid most.
1: Yeah. Conley obviously hasn't been good, but it's not like, you know, atrocious. Like his on off Mm -hmm. the, the team's four points worse. Per 100 possessions, when he's on the court, which isn't egregious. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Um, and yeah, I mean, that they they rightly should believe that they are a more talented team than Dallas, um, or maybe even OKC, just on paper. Mm-hmm. I think they they would be right to believe that. But um, yeah, something's just off. It's it's really hard to put a finger on it because until something you know gets leaked or um you know one of the players actually like kind of has a you know like a kevin love moment or something then we we probably won't know but mm-hmm. yeah this is a team that you know people were talking about at the beginning of the year like oh this is a dark horse for uh to make the finals uh, i think come. they were james picked to to win the west in the regular season or
4: finish with the best record
1: right and that wasn't no that that was a pretty common opinion right um for for people to have and it's just kind of been a letdown
4: Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. Choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop is a fantasy point total associated with the over- Or the under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points. You can win a share of the daily prize pool. Thrive has over $2,000 guaranteed each day in prizes for its NBA contests alone. Use promo code RW, that's the letter R and the letter W, when you sign up today, and you'll receive an instant match of up to $25 on your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Google Play Store or by visiting thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. So they were the latest victims of Jason Tatum last night Uh, over his last 10 games now. 31.1 points, 7.9 rebounds, 2.9 assists, 1.1 steals, 1.2 blocks, 53% from the field, 50% from three on nine attempts per game he had eight threes uh, a couple nights ago against portland has three threes uh last night that was his f- second viewest in that 10 game span he had he had one game where he was 0 for 7 that was in in that blowout loss to houston every other game besides last night he'd hit at least four threes so i mean to me it's i, I think the thing a lot of people talked about coming into the year was Tatum. with tatum was stop shooting jumpers get to the hole that's what worked for you as a rookie And strangely enough, I mean, he's getting to the hole. he has double digit free throw attempts in, in three of his last seven games, you know, he's gotten there, I think at least eight times in like eight of his last 10. So that is working. But to me, from what I've seen, you know, I watched them last night, watched them against the Lakers on Sunday. It's the jump shot, I think, especially from three, that's kind of unlocked everything for him.
1: Yeah. Um, And he's still maintained like some good shooting around other parts of the, uh, you know, the hoop he's, he's. Uh, thirty-eight percent from floater range, which is like a five percent improvement from last year. Mm-hmm. He's basically maintained his his mid-range jumper. So when he can improve on his three, he basically just improved as a shooter overall, like you mentioned. Right. And um, you know, someone who you know he still has um some flaws in his game, you know, as far as playmaking goes. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's really hard to 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 poke too many holes in in Jason Tatum's at least offensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, repertoire at this point and he's he's made like you mentioned great strides as a defender lately um and as a you know as a team the celtics i mean the celtics really need to play team defense because without a center Mm -hmm. or without a a traditional you know i guess a good center yeah well tice is good um but yeah without a lot of um like excellent rim protection or anything like that they just need to try to cut guys off before they Mm -hmm. get to the rim even and tatum has been really good at doing that um and and so him you know, excelling on both ends of the court is really just fueling the celtics looking like um you know at, at this point looking like maybe the threat to to give the bucks um some problems in the eastern conference finals but it feels like it feels like there's a different team every three weeks yeah like I mean, it, they've been doing most of this without kemba
4: you know the last yeah, the too. last few stretch of games and he might miss more time as well i i still have a hard time believing that they're in that category like they're only one game behind toronto i think that's what's maybe most incredible is that yeah. i think Milwaukee's just kind of been an afterthought the whole year because they've been so good they haven't right. struggled really at all it's just been they've just been this buzzsaw there hasn't been that much talk about them specifically whereas toronto it seemed like for the last month was kind of the team everyone was praising all of a sudden you look up and toronto's only one game ahead of boston so i mean in terms of those teams you know overall success i i don't think boston has been talked about quite in that same breath but to me boston toronto are now kind of on their own tier secondarily. And, I mean, you have you have now a five-game gap between third-place Boston fourth-place Miami. Um, and the, the Sixers are still lurking there, to me. Like, when they're healthy, yeah. they belong in Tier 2, but they might not be healthy for another few weeks, so we kind of have to put that on hold. But to me, there's still a pretty big separation between Milwaukee and those teams. Like, I, I don't feel that this year's Toronto or this year's Boston are better than last year's Toronto team that obviously beat Milwaukee.
1: I agree. Yeah, it just, it just feels like we... Like I mentioned, every every few weeks, one of these teams gets gets really hot or gets yep. cold. Like Miami's cooled down. Everyone was like, "Well, Indiana's playing really well. Just wait till they get Oladipo back." Rest in peace to that. Like yeah, they've been so much better without him. It's alarming. Even even when he hasn't played lately, it feels like it something got messed up. At they've some...
4: won. Didn't they, they've won their last two by like huge margins with him out. Did they? Yeah, they won. I mean, they're they against bad teams. I think they beat oh Charlotte. Um, they beat in like Brooklyn, games. I think, the other night by like forty. Um, but yeah. I... To me, like the Oladipo thing, if that's if a month from now he's averaging twenty a game and shooting forty five percent, like then Indiana maybe becomes more of a threat. But I got to see, I, I want to see him play like two consecutive, not even good games, just like slightly above average games right. before we start factoring that in because he's just been actively killing them, uh, especially on offense when he's been out there. But um, I, I feel the same way in the West to some degree. I just, I just don't trust, and I know the Bucks haven't necessarily given anyone a firm reason to trust them, um, in in terms of actually getting through the East yet. But with LA, the Lakers, I did not see them getting off at this kind of start whatsoever. I thought for sure that they would be one, they would kind of be more into that thick of maybe three through six in the West. I thought LeBron would maybe miss a little bit more time for rest. I thought Davis would miss more time just because, you know, he has been nicked up, but just has been playing through it. Um, and that, that duo has been enough to carry what's been a pretty Pedestrian supporting cast. I mean, they've gotten almost nothing from Kyle Kuzma. I think this is basically yeah, statistically, this is like the worst case scenario for Kuzma this season. And this team, you know, right now in the loss column is only four games worse than Milwaukee, um, which, which I, I think they're still on different tiers just in terms of the consistency. You know, the Lakers, especially against good teams, have struggled at times this season. Um, but to me, like the Clippers in the West and the Sixers in the East kind of mirror each other. I'm much more scared of the Clippers. I, I think they're the better team, but. No matter how many games they lose, no matter how bad things might look at certain times, I don't think the Lakers want to see the Clippers and I think the Bucks feel better about playing the Sixers, but I don't think they would necessarily welcome that matchup.
1: Yeah. Um the yeah, the the Lakers have, have just looked well the, the Clippers are another team that kind of fits that that uh, bill of what I was talking about before, where they had this they were a playoff team last year, kind of built internally, the Lou Williams montress mm-hmm. Harrell thing. You know, they had they had Shaman late in the year, they had Shagel just Alexander. And then they bring in these basically two mercenaries to come in and like carry them, and now the chemistry seems off. Yeah, um, and that might all change in the playoffs once they if they blow through the first couple of rounds. But I don't know if that's really going to happen either. Um, you know, they could end up playing like Denver. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, Even the, last the... night was weird for
4: them. Like Paul George, eleven points in twenty eight minutes. Right, it's it, something's off. I, I still, I still think they can turn it on. Like they have so much talent. Like um i think bill simmons said on his pod this week that he he thinks they have a better chance to lose in round one than make the conference fi- or then make the finals I, I don't believe that at all i think Kawhi is has kind of become maybe underrated now which that, that's gone on a complete roller coaster the last couple of years it's, like i, I don't yeah. think he's never been overrated i think he was properly rated at the end of the finals last year maybe became slightly overrated as the like this guy's the best player in basketball for sure hands down i think some people were saying that um but now i I think people kind of have been dogging him all year for missing games and whatnot and he's he's become underrated and i think he'll remind people in the playoffs like just how much even if paul george isn't playing well and is giving them his b-plus game like right is on that level with lebron kd and i don't know if there's even anyone else who can single-handedly pull you through playoff series maybe not pull you all the way to winning the finals but can pull you through those series early on A Kawhi team is not going to lose in round one that's silly to say
1: no um i would love to see a clippers thunder first round though i yeah, mean I would, that'd be great that would be great um i i, just, I guess just two points that the lakers their most frequent five-man lineup is plus 12 and a half their third most frequent is plus 15 their mm-hmm. fifth most frequent is plus 17 like they have a lot of lineups that are just does so those all include people. lebron uh it looks like it yeah i mean he i was looking at although one of them doesn't this which, uh, which one is that uh this is plus 5 but it's uh Caruso, Rondo, KCP, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma. How many minutes is that played? 71.
4: Okay. Uh, uh yeah. Not not the smallest table size. Uh, I don't know. They 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 had pretty limited flexibility obviously. Yeah. It's not like they could add anybody huge at the deadline, but it I, I just worry about that depth and I, I worry a little bit about Anthony Davis. I I mean I know he's he's a hands down to me top 7 player in the league, but I there, I've, I've like I said, I've watched probably eighty-five to ninety percent of Lakers games this year, and he has it on certain nights. He doesn't on other nights, and that, like that, can't fly in the. When you get to the conference finals, you need to have it
1: seven games in a row against the Clippers. Right, and I guess with the Clippers, like, they're they have, they have some good role players. They have good depth, but there there are some pretty significant flaws with some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Lou Williams, not yep. a good defender. No, horrible bad like, defender horrible defender uh montrez harrell's undersized um not like an elite defender by any mm-hmm. stretch landry shamit i just don't yeah. have a ton of confidence in him even to Zubac has bad taste in tv shows right they all have their flaws <laughs> beverly you can't really trust offensively and then yep. you get to guys you know like jim michael green Rodney magruder like are these guys even really gonna play yeah. uh down the stretch and obviously marcus morris is there now but i mean how many the Morris has canceled out to me. I, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't like thrilled
4: about either of those additions. It's like a net neutral. Yeah, actually, I mean, I, Marquis for the Lakers. He didn't play that well the other night. Um, kind of looked out of sorts and had a few defensive lapses. Like it was clear he wasn't fully up to speed. But like just having another guy, you know, like not having to th- not having to throw Jared Dudley out there for six minutes a night, you know, stuff like that. Even I think Kuzma only played like twelve minutes. I was say when Kuzma was playing game. bad, right? And yeah. Kuzma was terrible in that game. Like just did was passing up open threes to take contested twos, things like that. And you could tell I think in the second half, Vogel was just like, You're done. We're we're going with Marquis. So like even though maybe it's like the lesser of two evils, like just having that other option is huge because the Lakers like just didn't have a body. You know, that was Dudley, it was Troy Daniels. Um and for a while there it was Caruso, although he played really well. Um so just, just getting like a competent NBA player, I think, was big, yeah. which which is a crazy thing to say for a team that, that has this record. But uh this season I think it's just gone the opposite of the way I thought it would for LA. You know, I thought I thought kind of I thought the Lakers and the Clippers would be flip-flopped in terms of how they've played sure. in the regular season. I thought the Lakers would be the team that would try to flip the switch, whereas it seems like they're the team that's kind of trying to gun for the one seed and, and maybe give themselves
1: the easier path that LeBron historically just hasn't really cared about. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see that. I think um I think the I think the most ideal We we could get a first round if things break right of Lakers, Pelicans, which would be an awesome first That'd round. Awesome. That'd be a really Tough. I think that like the Lakers might sweep that, but it would be a tough, tough sweep. And then we could also get like Clippers OKC as a first round, and that would be normally first round matchups are, are pretty lame. But yeah. that would be both of those would almost be must watch. Like every oh, yeah. night, I think every series in the West is going to be must watch. Like that's true. Like I, I, as
4: much as I like watching the Bucks, I will not be like making sure I watch every single minute of buck's magic right you know <laughs> yeah um but even like yeah the eight seeds like no matter what the eight even if like the spurs sneak in as the eight like i'd rather watch them than the magic you know like yeah. whether it's the blazers the grizzlies or the pelicans uh, or even the kings who've kind of forced their way into this discussion as well i mean the kings are a half game behind new orleans all of a sudden any of those teams would be really fun you know and, and again probably ends in a sweep but you're at least entertained by what's going on what's the one team that the clippers wouldn't want to face
1: most do you think that's okc um that's tough. Um I mean, does anybody want to face Houston? I don't
4: think so. I I think that's yeah, I think I would rather face OKC than Houston if I'm the Clippers. I don't know how they feel internally about that, but you know, like if you're OK like who is OKC throwing on PG and Kawhi? Yeah. You have some long, you know, Terrence Ferguson, Darius Baisley types, but nobody who has like the the firm side, you know, those are long, stringy type of wings. I don't think you have the body style of, of guys to, to, to no, and those guys Kawhi specifically,
1: those guys aren't really experienced either, right? Like it's like Gallinari in the, against yeah. that team, yeah. I mean, I think maybe maybe it is Houston because I mean, you at least have Covington and Tucker to throw on Kawhi, basically shadowing Kawhi and, mm-hmm. and Paul George all game. Um, and then you have the Westbrook versus Beverly thing as that that could get out of control for both sides, honestly. Yep. Um, I think Dallas is is an interesting one too. I mean, I don't think anyone like if
4: that's the seven seed. Like, if, let's say the Clippers get the two and Dallas is the seven, that's about as tough of a seven seed as you're going to get. Like, you have a guy who might be third in the MVP voting, who's arguably a top three or four offensive player already. The best offense in the league by far. A great coach. You know, you have some big bodies. You have guys like Dorian Finney Smith. You know, to throw at Kawhi. Like, I, I think that would be kind of a sneaky tough one.
1: Yeah, I mean Dallas. I mean, yeah, they they just have with Doncic there i mean really anything could happen right i mean right now they're geared up to play denver and that series would get pretty interesting obviously oh yeah you know, i would almost pick dallas in that it'd be interesting to see what kind of you know money you could get for that but yeah i mean dallas losing dwight powell's unfortunate but yep. i'm sure they would try some like bobon against Jokic right. and try to like junk it up a little bit and yeah dallas has more options than your typical seven seed they do and they have they have a lot of versatile guys um like delon wright You know, they don't play him that much, but his 25 minutes are super valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. can get hot. Obviously, Porzingis, two-way player. And, yeah, they're they're really good.
3: Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc. And the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
4: Um, okay, a couple news items. Just before we hopped in here, Kelly Oubre, uh, torn meniscus, although he he is seeking a second opinion. I Almost always that results in, yes, you do have a torn <laughs> meniscus, not, oh, we totally we totally botched this one. Turns out your knee's fine. Uh, so he, he's probably out, I would say, what, minimum of like a month? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the sons were... The Suns have, have kind of faded. You know, they faded basically all season. But in terms, of mathematically, they're only four and a half out of the eight right now. So they're they're in that discussion with you know they're kind of in the lower half of that that tier with the Blazers, Pels, Kings, Spurs. But in that discussion, I think without Ubre, maybe not sure that's like a a death knell for them, but pretty big hit. I mean, arguably your your second best
1: offensive player, um, and probably your second or third best all around player. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of Sarich minutes now. Yes, um, which I am very close to n- no longer being a sarge supporter as uh, as as tough as that is for me um I still still loved him during those process six or days but yeah I mean um yeah I think that I think the suns are out I mean devin Booker has been amazing Deandre Ayton has had a great season um especially in fantasy um, he's, he hes showed some pretty significant improvement on defense which was nice because there was always that worry that he would just be this like offensive basically just this offensive center who was a little too one-dimensional and, and, and wouldn't pan out defensively. Um, it, it was kind of a situation where it's okay, you need to either hit threes or play good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's figured one of those things out. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't know if they have the talent. Like, Mikel Bridges is really good. I really like him. But like I said, without Oubre, you're replacing those minutes with mm-hmm. Dario Saric and Cam Johnson. And you might try to go small or or maybe super big and put Baines in there, um, a Kobo. Like, it's just, they just don't have the talent to to really deal with this. Okay, so before we head out,
4: uh, I want to look at some of the bets that we've been keeping an eye on throughout the year. And these continue to be updated, and some are taken away, some are added uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook. But for most of the year, uh, you, you've been able to bet um, kind of moving odds on win totals for the Lakers and the Knicks. And DraftKings has now updated that with three more or four more teams you can now bet on the celtics clippers bucks and pelicans kind of a live over under for the rest of the year so the bucks over under is set at 70 now um they're they're gonna smash like their preseason over under i don't even remember what it was like 62 and a half maybe i want to say something Uh, like that uh 57 and a half 57 and a half yes my god uh yeah so they'll beat that in a few weeks here but um over under 70 you can get over 70 at plus 130 under 70 minus 155
1: i might go under I, I it's tough i mean they you know they don't have a particularly easy schedule um and i think i don't know i i don't think they'll like purposely rest guys mm-hmm. but anyone anyone who has a slightly sprained ankle basically who gets a boo boo i don't think is going to play
4: they could only lose one more game the rest of the way if you're going to hit that over. You know, it's not 69 yeah. and a half; like it's 70. So you, they need to get to 71. Which I feel like you should get better odds for that. Like plus 130 to me is not enough to make that bet. I, I think the value is is on the under. I I, I I think I said on last week's pod I think they get to 69. I because you know at some point Giannis is going to sit or they'll have a game like Indiana where he he sits out and they they just don't well, have they, it. They almost so they lost almost, to Washington. Right with Giannis, like he still has those nights every now and then where he gets in foul trouble jump shot isn't falling you know just kind of ends up
1: all of a sudden he's at five fouls cool. midway through the third and i mean and the way the bucks play i mean obviously it's been working all year but they're the way that the way that they give up so many threes they give up the most threes in the league some bad team can just get incredibly hot from three and right. pull off a win just because um yep. now you know it's obviously they only have eight losses doing it this way so that's good but yeah i would agree i mean i would definitely i would you know uh i would put down i think 155 to win 100 in in this case
4: lakers are at 62 and a half uh, over 62 and a half is plus 105 under 62 and a half minus 127 they're currently 44 and 12 so that would mean you can get seven more losses the rest of the way and they can hit that
1: over and and finish 63 and 19 i could see that i could i could see that Seven losses seems like kind of a lot it does and um they have a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way. Um, it's not stunningly easy, but they have Golden State tonight. They have Golden State again at some point. They play the the Timberwolves twice. They play the Cavs. They play the Pistons. So, yeah, that one doesn't. I don't have as strong as an opinion as I right. do on that Bucks one.
4: That one I would I would almost get now because I think it's going to change. So they they have they're at Golden State tonight with no LeBron. I, I'm of the belief that that's going to be a close game. You know, we'll see. I, I would hope Davis is enough to to win that for for the Lakers. Assuming LeBron's back, you go at Memphis Saturday um, and then at New Orleans Sunday, which is a fairly tough back-to-back against two fairly good teams. I mean, the, the Pels gave them a run in L.A. on Tuesday. But then you have a stretch um, beginning next Tuesday, consecutive games against the Sixers, Bucks, Clippers, Nets, Rockets, Nuggets, Jazz, Jazz. So with the exception of the Nets, those are all exceptionally tough games. Yeah. And the 76ers, we all know the state
1: of mm-hmm. you know, what yeah, that's Yeah, maybe
4: you be, catch a break there. Right. Um, but home against Milwaukee, I mean, that's going to be, you know, a game of the year type of potential at least game after the break. You know, I, I think their first matchup back in what was that November maybe, yeah. uh, could have been December. You know, was was must see television. This one's a Friday night game, um, which I, I think should probably be an ESPN game and nine thirty start out west. So that's going to be huge. And then you playing Utah two times in three nights on a road home back to back, not easy. Um, but even if they split those those seven tough games let's say they go four and three or or even three and four you can still lose three more games the rest of the way and the rest of the schedule is extremely soft you get you have to play indiana on april 1st and you play the clippers again on april 9th but beyond that it's charlotte detroit you know you get toronto in there cleveland washington minnesota sacramento golden state chicago minnesota again at phoenix like there's a lot of cupcake games in there um so i guess this, this line based on that tough stretch is is about right but i feel better about the Lakers over 62 and a half than i would be betting that bucks line sure which yeah i don't think that's like a huge take by any means um Giannis is now minus 455 to win mvp minus 455 this is a, a lock of all locks i disagree with the number two uh, odds luka Doncic is plus 800 not that it matters like you shouldn't be betting any of these guys to win it no but Doncic ahead of lebron seems insane to me i think if the voting took place today lebron would easily finish second and it wouldn't even be
1: close I think Doncic gets a bump because he is so clearly the best player on that team. There's no other Porzingis wasn't an all-star this year. You know what I mean? Like Doncic or LeBron has ADE. Sure. And AD can get a tongue of the credit for, you know, the the Lakers being 44 and 12 right now and who else are you giving like real credit to on Dallas besides yeah. Doncic? But I th- I think it'll be close. But yeah, I mean there's no reason to bet. Um <clears throat> I argue there's almost no reason to bet any of that because, no. you know, I I wouldn't want to cough up like five hundred or four hundred dollars or whatever it is to right. to win a hundred on Giannis. I mean, it's probably free money, but you could bet um, ten thousand dollars on Giannis and you really
4: you only make twenty two hundred.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know? when like, you
4: put it that way, it's like right. Why, you know, and it is getting to the point where like Giannis could get hurt and still maybe even win it, but I wouldn't want to take that risk. You know, that's extremely minuscule risk. Nothing. Yeah, and nobody's betting ten thousand on this. Like. Even if you bet $100, you are winning $22 at, at, at these odds. I mean, I, I think Giannis has had this locked up, and if you wanted to bet it, you should have done that a month or two ago. At um, least. And, yeah, he's, he's showed no signs of, of slowing down. Davis, pretty heavy favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. He's at minus 200 Gobert, next highest odds at plus 300 I think Gobert's fading fairly quickly yeah. in that argument, even though just the other day he once again caped for himself to win it. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's Davis or Giannis right now. After Giannis you get Giannis at plus 350 and then there's a huge drop off to Embiid at plus 5000. He's obviously missed way too much time already and is set to miss more time. So, three-man race between Davis, Gobert, Giannis. I I would I think I would go Davis, Giannis, Gobert in that order.
1: Sure. I mean, I think I think Davis being the favorite is is right. I think you know Gobert's and the Jazz situation overall is really hurting him right now and mm-hmm. I think most people who vote youngest for M V P are also gonna to want to give the Lakers some love, so they'll probably throw Anthony Davis, defensive player of the year. Not that he hasn't actually earned it. I mean they've been a great defensive team. His yep. steal and block numbers have been crazy. Um he's extremely versatile defender. And that one actually I feel like you could you know, if I was at the sports book, that's actually the like odds I would bet on. Your game yep. was it plus do you say plus two hundred? Um
4: hold on, I lost it here. It was minus two hundred for Davis, oh. plus three hundred for Gobert, plus three fifty for Giannis.
1: Minus two hundred's manageable. You know, yeah. you don't feel you don't feel
4: too bad about about no. that. I think of those odds, I would bet on Giannis just because the Bucks are the number one defense. And if if ever there was a year to give give a guy both, um, it would right. be this one. Nobody's done both since Jordan, right? I think it was like one of his early seasons. Yeah, he
1: won both. I I agree with you, but I also don't think that will happen. I. I think if this is the year, yeah, but... There's I, been a lot of momentum I, for Davis. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on Giannis getting both.
4: Yeah, I think with as well as Brook Lopez has played defensively, that's kind of taken away from from Giannis' shine on I would, that end. And and you can get Lopez at plus 5,000, so he's technically tied
1: for fourth in terms of the odds. It'd be nice if they actually had a prop bet, or I, I don't know if it'd be a prop bet, a future for Giannis to win both. That yeah. would be interesting odds. Um, yeah, that
4: would be because he's such a heavy... like He's basically a lock for one. I don't know if you'd really get that great of odds on it maybe you get even well let me see if it'll let me parlay mvp <laughs> with defensive player I, I doubt it will but oh, it maybe will. plus 449 that's not bad we will we'll get, we'll get to actually let you bet that um i'm not logged in oh, okay. oh no sorry this selected outcomes cannot be combined but it, at least <laughs> theoretically the odds. The, the odds apparently would be plus 449 which
1: seems That'd too be high interesting
4: yeah i would i would lay some amount of money on that and an undisclosed sum <laughs> um ten dollars they finally updated six man of the year. Lou Williams has been bumped off the throne. It is now Dennis Schroeder as the favorite at plus one thirty. I Dennis Schroeder out of nowhere. I can't really
1: I can't argue with it though. It does feel like this is the year Lou maybe gives up the crown. I mean the 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 Thunder only have you know three fewer wins than the Clippers. Right, and Schroeder they're they're more of a surprise story in Schroeder's career kind of got back on track this year i mm-hmm. mean I, I guess um and i mean yeah but there's been virtually zero buzz uh, it's been dead silence in regards to the six man of the year award so i don't even yeah. know what you do with that i mean i i understand schruder being the favorite yep i would also understand begging on the williams to win it again right there hasn't really
4: been voter fatigue with this one you know no. like the, you, you wouldn't like feel bad about i think lose won the last two right and like three of the last four yeah who else is on that list the only three guys with realistic odds are Schroeder at one thirty, Lou Will at plus one seventy five, and then Harrell at plus two hundred, and then it drops down to Rose at plus a thousand, Drajic at plus five thousand. I mean, Rose oh. has missed a ton of time. Like it's 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 going to be one of those three apparently. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think so. I think I like I, I like Schroeder at plus one thirty. I think he, if he just plays like reasonably well the rest of the way, it seems like people are kind of down on the Clippers, and you know maybe this is one of the ways that. You know, nobody on the Thunder's winning MVP. Nobody's making first team. Maybe this is just
1: kind of the way that you reward that season. I feel like the season should be rewarded. I mean, I don't think Billy Donovan's going to win Coach of the Year, although it would be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it would it would be justified. Um, their general manager might win Executive of the Year. Yeah, uh, for Fleece of the Year, Fleece of the Year. <laughs> exactly. That, that should be an award. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Um, do you have any any leans for
4: tonight? I know we published um another. Uh, kind of look at top bets for thursday's games where we ask a lot of the guys on staff just you know what have you seen what are you playing tonight um so you can make sure to check that out on the website we also have a player props article from mike barner Mm -hmm. um but i'm interested to see where you went um with with tonight's four game slate i'd like steven adams
1: uh to go over 23 and a half points rebounds and assists you get that at the customary minus 110 he's against the kings um you could also get him to get a, a double double at plus 162 which i think is fine Uh, but you get a little more flexibility with the points, rebounds and assists over the past five games. He's averaging 12 rebounds over the past four games, 15 and a half points Uh, also averaging like one or two assists. And the Kings just don't really have a reliable center right now. They're doing a lot of Harry Giles. They've been pushing the pace because they don't have a center. So they're compensating. They have Mm -hmm. the seventh fastest pace in the league over the past uh, five games, uh, giving up plenty of rebounds. So I think Adams is, this is just a game where I think he's just going to try to bully everyone on the Kings and, um a fifteen and ten is definitely imaginable for him and that would hit the over without the assists. Um and yeah. Yeah, I know James and, and Joe both like Sabonis. Tonight. I talk about it as well. I mean I tweaked it out with Sabonis yeah know, prop that I liked.
4: Yeah, so they uh I mean they go up against Portland and you know Portland obviously has had a ton of injuries up front and there could be some mellow on Sabonis <laughs> right. uh, matchups yeah. for a lot of this game and um so yeah, I, I know James likes Sabonis to to get a double double and Indiana to win and and Joe basically went over on the 31 and a half points and rebounds, which essentially implies a double double. I, w- I went with more of a, a team bet, just Warriors to cover that 10 yeah. against the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers essentially have the worst offensive rating in the league when LeBron's off the floor, about 104 per 100, which is almost exactly the Warriors' offensive rating on the season, which is the worst in the league. So without LeBron James on the court for 48 straight minutes tonight, to me, these offenses, at least the numbers say, are pretty much equal. And the Lakers' defense is significantly better. Even without LeBron, it's a good D. Um, so I, I think the Lakers probably win this game, but yeah, they played, they played the Warriors close a few weeks ago with LeBron, um, and, and the Warriors should be at, you know, full strength for them at this point. No Clay, no Curry still, but we expect Draymond yeah. to play. Looney's back. I, I don't know. I just haven't seen enough from Davis to think that he can firmly carry this team into what should what should, for most teams, be a blowout.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way the way that I viewed this was, um, you know, the, the Lakers are basically a 500 team without LeBron, and you're yeah. getting the Warriors to cover 10 points at home against a 500 team, which right. seems great. And also, one, one that I—you uh, can get the Warriors, I think it was over 105 and a 105.5 points as their team total, which I actually really like because yeah. I think the Lakers are—I mean, they're worse defensively without LeBron, but I think they'll— be pushing the pace more yes, without him exactly. because he slows the ball down a a Rondo, ton. yeah so i think they'll be running up and down the court i think they're worse defensively i think the warriors i think warriors plus 10 and warriors over 105 are, are two good bets
4: yeah when i first saw that line i just assumed the game was in la like right kind of, i mean I, I get the lakers you know we just praise them about you know being four games worse only in the lost column than milwaukee like they are a great team but they're not the same team without lebron that's just a fact and they're not even close to the same team when he's not out there so Um, Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Like we said, kind of a a lackluster national TV slate tonight, but uh, a good one still for betting purposes.